Hello and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. And that makes me Mike. And tonight we have a special guest with us. We have Salvatore. Hello, Sal. This is Salvatore. <laughs> and, and they are Tom and Mike, my very good friends. You may have heard me in, I don't know if it was the last or second to last podcast. It was the Halloween episode. The Halloween episode. Yeah. Right. Wasn't it Christmas? No. <laughs> Close. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Christmas, man. It's Arbor Day. Last <laughs> Christmas, you know, 2021. Yom Kippur. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, how was everyone's week? I mean, you know, it's it's been it's been okay. Uh, had to do some, you know, farming type stuff and uh, get feed and hay. It's that time of year. And uh, I had an MRI today. You had an MRI, really? I For did what? get an MRI today. Uh, my, I have, uh, I have rheumatoid arthritis. I know I've shared that before, and um, my rheumatologist just wanted me to follow up and get one done on my back. Okay. It was, it was quite an experience. <laughs> it's. Have you ever had one before? I have had one before, but. Uh, I had one done like on my knee before, so I was only like basically just laying there with my knee like inside the thing. This time, Whole like body. I got the full, I got the full court press. Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, and I'm inside the thing, and it was one of the it was one of the open ones. So you think, oh, it's an open MRI. It should be f- like, oh, this will be easy. No, no worry about claustrophobia in here. But uh, the reality of it was that number one. It's only really open on one side and like maybe halfway on that side. And number two, I thought this was funny. The guy went to put uh, this thing around me, like this um, little cage around you to, to hold you still, I guess. And realized that the normal size one he had wasn't going to fit. And he's like, oh, uh, I guess we're going to have to go to another size. Well, you really hide that well, don't you? <laughs> kind of like you're you're fat, but I didn't notice it until now. <laughs> so oh, it was uh, it was it was something. It was an experience. And then like I had headphones on with music, and the music wouldn't go up. And basically, I ended up listening to music with the sound of you know yeah. going on the entire time. Right. So, Overall, not terrible. Yeah, I've had a few MRIs, and uh, that is the most claustrophobic shit that you can yes. do. And it's like you you keep being like, "Are you done yet?" Click 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 click. <laughs> yep. They don't give you any anesthesia or something, or at least knock you out while the MRI is going no. on. I know it's not. No, they don't painful, do that. But- it's fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, it is boring as shit. Once you get yeah. past the fear, you're just like, all right, this sucks. When is this going to end? I don't like this music that they gave me. <laughs> you know, I actually, I, I got to be surprised. I listened to 1950s oldies today while I was doing it, and nice. it was uh, it was actually pretty pleasant. I got to hear the Yellow Polka Dot Bikini song, which made me laugh. And oh, hopefully I, I didn't. That. Hopefully I didn't screw up the MRI while I was laughing because it really caught me off guard. 
For some reason, uh, the song, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Kicks by uh, Foster the People. Mm-hmm. All the little kids with the pumped up kicks. You better run, better run, faster than my bullet. <laughs> All right, who's got a dog loose in the house? Oh, uh, believe it or not, that's not a dog in my house. That's a dog like a block away from my Are house. Are you serious? <laughs> that <laughs> is the loudest serious. fucking dog I've ever heard. <laughs> Let me tell you a funny story. You know, here in Callao, uh, there's like very few, there's nobody in this neighborhood, nobody in this block who owns a dog. Okay? But <laughs> the whole block takes care of a bunch of dogs. You know, there, there are some famous ones like. El Barras, you know, a, a really vicious fucking dog who's blonde and like, I don't know, scruffy haired. He looks like Dennis Hopper in Easy Rider dog version. El Barras, you know, the beards. You know? And um, he's beaten a couple of children, you know, and, and around here, it's very common to have a problem with a dog, you know, and several people want to put a knife in the dog. Several people want to stop the dog. And, and it's pretty common that dogs get stabbed after doing bad shit. But anyway, um, there was a really funny occasion one time when these animal services people came to give dogs like vaccinations, you know, um, anti-rabies shots. Mm-hmm. And they knock on my neighbor's door, you know, the one, the, uh, the father of the children, my mom teaches. And, um, well, they ask him, you know, uh, sir, we want to um, give the dogs your shots, you know, and uh, we need permission of the dog owners. And and the guy just answers, you know, uh, lady, I would like to help you. You know, I would like all these dogs to get shots because I'm worried that they may bite, bite my children and give them infections or whatever. But I'm sorry to tell you, nobody owns these dogs. They live here. You know, we are we are like their their tenants. You know, um, this is more their home <laughs> than ours. So so everybody feeds the dogs. Everybody takes care of the dogs. But they're no ones. No, <laughs> nobody owns the dogs. They have no names. And um, I don't know if in America you have like a dog registration, you know, like you give your dog an ID card. We have dog licenses, which are like these little tags that they wear. Yeah. Right, right, right. So they also came here to want to give the dogs those tags. And nobody nobody wants to own up to own, you know, you know? they may let them in their homes, whatever. But um, the dogs are just citizens. citizens. And there's another... A strange particularity about Callao, which is if you walk around on a Sunday, you'll find every fucking dog in town sleeping the most comfortably. Just hmm. anywhere on the floor. They're fucking relaxing all day. It's Sunday is the, the day of dog rest. Weird, <laughs> Every wow. dog gets his day. Dog and God are basically the same word backwards and forwards, so... And they both rest yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So, something there. Yeah, I've heard of them. For sure. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty shocking for me when um, I was working selling secondhand clothes. And, and the guy who owns the deposit that they... that uh, my boss kept her closing is like a really scummy guy, you know, like um, this old Yale beard. And um, and one day, you know, I'm um, helping him out, carry stuff in, and and somebody tells him, you know, hey, who do you think you are to stab my dog? 
And he's like, the dog bit me. I have the complete right to stab any dog I want. He's just like, he's just like a person. You know? I was like, what the fuck? I don't care. You stabbed the dog? And he's like, of course I did. Fuck that dog. He's evil. <laughs> I never expected to hear someone talk about a dog that way. It's like a dog soap opera. Yeah, really. Dasher, no. Yeah, man. The dog's really weird. There is a real dog soap opera, and I'm sorry to talk about dogs for so long, but I'm going to tell this one. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's awesome. Right Keep going. There's yeah. a three-legged dog around here. Aww. There's a three-legged dog around here. And mm-hmm. I've got a story. Uh, I'm going to get a glass of water. Hold on. <laughs> sorry, sir. <laughs> the only guy that can get away with getting up to get a drink of water in the middle of a story. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, very, very, very He's very, like, fuck it, I'm thirsty and I'm getting up and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so here's the story. I'll make it as brief as possible. So there's a three legged dog around here. We became very fond of him very quickly. My mother calls him Dr. Dre. And, <laughs> and it's because he's like always chilling, you know, always just sitting there. He does something very funny. He scratches himself with his ghost leg. And, um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very sad, you know. I wonder yeah. if, if he gets any satisfaction from it, if he feels his nails still there or whatever. Um, so, anyway, uh, a neighbor told us in a really, really soap opera kind of way, or, or like a really epic novel kind of way, about the story of how the dog became three-legged. And short, long story short, um, everybody was out on the block, you know, standing on their doors one day, and uh, this car uh, comes in on the opposite lane, and it runs the dog over. And oh. they wanted to, to face him, to face the driver over it, he used to speed it away. So uh, some animal lover was walking around the block and um, they, they saw that and they instantly took the dog to a, better, uh, to a veterinary and paid for, for separation, you know, to sue up the leg. That was all they could do. And um, mm-hmm. everybody around here thinks this person was some kind of angel that uh, they weren't really real, you know, somebody sent by God. Mm-hmm. And one day... Hmm. Uh, I, uh, I was with my mom, just playing with a three-legged dog, like giving him food or whatever. And and the person who helped him comes around <laughs> and tells us a story. You know, we had never believed it because um, people will tell you about angels a lot around here. But uh, the person was real. The person was real. And now every now and then they come and see the dog. But, uh, nice. but uh, yeah, that that's the the most melodramatic dog soap opera I know around here. Like, yeah, you do you do have some serious dog soap opera stuff going on around you right now. Every every story is dramatic. I, did I love a child it. As well. I did as a child as well. I had an Alaskan husky, one of my favorite oh. dogs. He was called the Loso, the bear, and I remember crying as a little kid because one day the dog disappeared, and I was asking my parents, "What happened to the Loso? What happened to the Osito?" Yeah. And a few years later, you know, when I was like 12, my mother finally tells me, you know, the dog got rabies and <laughs> a friend of your father <laughs> took the dog, you know, and he saw it was sick and he thought, oh my God, there's no cure for this. And he shot the dog. Oh. 
<laughs> and I just broke down crying, you know. <laughs> uh, that was the first time, well, probably my first melodramatic dog story. And then when I was very young, I was, I never liked my sister's dog, Candy. I was never a fan of her. She was like more of a stuffed animal than a dog. Um, <laughs> like, you know, if you serve her rice, rice with meat, you know, uh, we always gave her dogs regular people's food. Um, she would separate every grain of rice from the meat and don't leave the meat. I don't know how a dog separates every single grain of rice. And she would also pretend to be a stuffed animal so, so they wouldn't find her while cleaning the room. But uh, the thing is, I never liked her in life, but she got sick, she got cancer. And um, it was after an even more melodramatic thing. She got a, a psychological pregnancy. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Like a not mm. a real pregnancy? Yeah, but she was convinced she was pregnant that she went through the whole rigmarole and then she got depressed and then came the cancer. So when I realized she was sick, I must have been like, I don't know, five, six years old. Uh, I stayed with the dog for two or three days, just giving her water, et cetera, et cetera. And those were the first signs of tenderness I ever felt from a dog. You know, the way she looked at me, it was just so great so lovely you know yeah and i wasn't with her when she died but um i fell asleep next to the dog and then when i woke up you know my dad tells me oh the bad news you know she was put down but uh yeah that was kind of like i don't know being with an elderly person as they die something like that it was very yeah. very emotional mm -hmm. yeah for sure and then for the sure, more yeah. beautiful and dogs giving birth what was that? It's nothing more beautiful than dogs giving birth? Yeah, I think that's a fucking beautiful stage of life. Isn't it? I've never, I've never had been able to, be, I've never bared witness to anything like that. I've seen people, I, I watched my children be born and that was the most amazing and beautiful thing I'd ever seen. So I can, I can appreciate that. Too. Yeah, I can appreciate that. My older brother, he, um, he knocked the girl up. Uh, <laughs> uh, they were in love they were going to start a family and when he saw my niece being born um, he became traumatized that her vagina had teeth it was the most irrational fucking thing ever I remember when he said it to the family and my dad told him like what are you gay? You know? <laughs> and, <laughs> um, well he left his family over that <laughs> that's crazy yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, even as a child, I told my sister-in-law, uh, I wish that I was older so I could get with you instead of that asshole uh, of my brother, you know? And um, I don't know. Sometimes I really think that you got to have luck to have family. You know, you can get fucking assholes or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I tend to look at family as like, you know, my brother and my sister, you know, to certain degrees, like I'm much closer with my brother than I am with my sister for the most part. But like for me, family is about people I've handpicked, you know, right. like, like you yeah, and Mike, both yeah. of you are yeah. family yeah. to me. So, so, I mean, like when an aunt or an uncle turns out to be a shit bag, I'm like, well, I didn't have that much in stock in that relationship because I never had any choice in it. It's just somebody who came around at holidays and exactly. they turn yep. out to be a, 
a horrible person in some way or another. And then you're like, wow, I had no idea. You know, I had no idea. I just figured they were weird or something. Because you don't think about your aunts and your uncles that way. And not until they do something. It's just, it's just interesting uh, because I know we all have different ideas about what the afterlife is. Mm-hmm. I said in a previous episode, I think in the last episode, I talked about the time that I hit my head and knocked myself unconscious. And when I was in that, that unconscious state, I don't know if it was just a low-grade consciousness or like a dream state or what, but it was just this warm pool of blackness. And you would think that would be scary because, because you'd be like, I'll never get out of this. But it wasn't like that because time meant nothing there. Like it was just timeless warmth and comfort. <sighs> and, and I was like, I didn't want to leave that place. I was very reluctant to get up off the ground. My mother's had similar experiences. Like she felt um, all the people she loved who were gone, you know, and mm. she felt their love and she didn't want to go, you know, and um, it happened to her in my arms once she got bradycardia. That's uh, irrationally low heart pulsations. Yeah. Her heart was beating every time less and less. And by the time I got there, it was at, um, I think less than 30 BPM. Um, so anyway, uh, she said she felt completely comfortable, you know, and she was like falling into a fantastic sleep. And suddenly yeah. she feels my arms. And I was just like, oh shit, my son, you know, I can't go to this beautiful place. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. And uh, I've told you my own experience, you know, when I, uh, I was slicing peppers with a box cutter. I don't know why. And um, I was in some mind like the right thing. I was on some mind alterance, <laughs> which led me to <laughs> make that choice. And <laughs> that doesn't matter. But uh, I sliced through my pinky finger and I lost like over well over a liter of blood. Ooh. And uh, I told Tom about this. Um, when when I passed out, you know, I remember I was on the bathroom floor and uh, my aunt was there, my mom was there. And uh, this woman, this very high class woman who was visiting was there. I remember that I was like, um, feeling very weak, and I was telling her, lady, hey, and she was like, what's wrong with you, Sal, you know, and I'm like, lady, hey, are you afraid to see blood? And she's like, no, look, you know, and I show her my bloody hand. Um, <laughs> uh, she was there, and um, I saw, like, an old TV screen, you know, like, uh, rainbow colors fading into black. Mm. And then the image of the Lord of Divine Mercy, which was present in the room where I was born and in my childhood room, he appeared in front of me on the TV. And uh, he was making the above, as above, so below sign. Tom pointed this out to me. He was making the, uh, the as above, so below sign. And I was growing closer to, closer to him, closer to the image of Christ. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, suddenly, I'm back. Let's use huh. that. I wonder if you were approaching. That's wild. I wonder if you were approaching the Christ consciousness. That's my. That's you told my, me that the first time. Did I? Did I? That's not surprising. Yeah. That's not surprising. 
I think a lot of visual, like a lot of what we see when we see have spiritual experiences, because I've had spiritual experiences on certain drugs myself. Um, they definitely aid in, in getting there, but you can do it through other practices like meditation and breathing and yoga. All yeah, those things can get you there. ways to get the places that normally take years. Exactly. Exactly. It's an elevator as opposed I to got a that staircase. I interview. Um, so yeah, I've had some, what I would call spiritual experiences and I always felt like I was getting in touch with a higher consciousness. Like something was deeming me worthy of hearing that their voice at that time. And it, it's always fascinated me because I, I like the occult. I like weird. I like to know what's going on underneath the cover, so to speak, what's going on behind the scenes. And uh, the occult offers a really interesting, <laughs> a really interesting insight into that into that world. So I couldn't. I'm not a fan of hip hop, really, or R and B, uh, or rap. I, I like some stuff, but for the most part, I tend towards metal and, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but there's this art art artist named. I am uh, a fan of hip hop. I, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he just blurted that out. <laughs> I like hip hop. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so this guy Travis Scott had a show. I don't remember where. I think it was in New Jersey. And no, 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 no. It's in Texas. It's oh, uh, it in, in Texas? Houston. It's okay. in Houston, Texas. Yep. So. A bunch of people got trampled at his show and they got pulled out of the pit and taken away in an ambulance. And while this is happening, the guy's like, everybody put your motherfucking fingers in the air. Like everybody's flipping off the ambulance. It was really fucked like, what is, up. Like yelling or something? When he was, when he, while he was watching them drag these bodies away, he was telling, he was like, "Throw your fingers in the air, people." Total silence. Yeah, he, uh, yeah he, he he continued performing and rapping and singing and everything while all this was going on. Yeah, he he didn't react but at all. He could not. Even Mick Jagger was a scummy. Yeah, yeah, this guy is a total piece of shit. And then he put out a a, a really really lame apology video. Where it was like, he kept holding his hand to his head, like like he was worried. But it was so obvious that it was just an act. Right, and like, funny. yeah, and he's like, he's like, we're trying to figure out who the families are. It's kind of hard, but we're trying to find out who the families are so we can, you know, get them in touch with them and all this stuff. And he never once said he was sorry. He never once yeah. showed any remorse at all. There was no remorse. He was just the stating only, what was going on. The only thing I can say is, as I watched him on the stage, my hands were clenched in fists of rage. No angel born in hell could break that Satan's spell. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's going to drive yeah. down to the levee, but the <laughs> levee's going to be dry. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get canceled. <laughs> He's definitely going to get canceled. Oh, yeah, for sure. 
Good for, for him. Sure. He's no yeah. Gigi Allen, you know. He doesn't have such an underground following. Maybe if this was like I don't know Gucci Mane back in 2015 or something like that, uh, he could have got away with that. Could or Ka- like could- I said before, Gigi Allen. Could Ka- well, Gigi Allen. But Gigi Allen was, I don't know, like, I mean, this Travis Scott guy has frequently told his fans to disrespect the, the security and to litter and to just not be good people. Like, he likes the chaos yeah, of but that. The problem, is, the problem is most of Travis Scott's fans, unlike the Allen fans, are like teeny boppers, you know, mainly. Sure, yeah. there are like real gang and stuff, but he's a mainstream artist, you know. He works with Kanye West, so like that. Kanye West would never do something like that. No. Um, so his audience, they're not gonna be done with him after this. I don't, I, I don't feel so, you know, because they like they would like to believe he's a good person, unlike Allen's fans. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the problem. Maybe if you were a more openly bad person, um, people would be okay with this. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like what just happened is a pretty good example of an openly bad person to me. You know, but it is, you're right, like it's like one instance, you know? <laughs> right, but... um uh, what I mean is, if this guy was known for cutting himself on stage and rubbing sh- shit all over himself, oh right, like Gigi Allen, surprised. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gigi Allen. There's a, there's a topic right. of conversation. <laughs> Even if he was like like one of the NWA guys, right? Thy <laughs> mm. Salvatore, are there are there children in the room with you, or is that coming from down the block too? <laughs> It does that's sound something, like that's children playing. That's children playing football outside my, my outside. Door. Okay, because it is so goddamn yeah. loud. They're like the dog, man. Believe it or <laughs> your, not, your whole I neighborhood is part doors. of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, deactivating the audio unless I'm talking. But, uh, we're gonna the funny thing we're is, gonna <laughs> we're gonna call this episode Mr. Salvatore's Neighborhood. <laughs> uh, the funny, the funny thing is, um, I uh, I suggested the impromptu um, uh, guest appearance exactly because yep. it was all quiet outside. <laughs> Isn't that the way it is? Yeah. The, Isn't that the way it is? Suddenly, first the dog, and then <laughs> I don't know why the kids started playing football. <laughs> if I was like 60 years old, I would go out and be like, hey, you fucking kids, quit it. Get off my lawn. I'm going to give you razor uh, filled apples on Halloween. Razor filled apples. <laughs> you know, that's less effective if you warn people in advance about A it. A year ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next year, you are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. No, no, you're good. And I apologize. I meant to say it is it is Salvatore, not Salvatore. It's Correct? Salvatore. 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 It, it, yes, yeah. I got I got to add the e on to the end of it. I did not the first time. I apologize. So, worry, Mr. Like, Salvatore's um, neighborhood. So you have a friend called uh, Stephen. If you realize, I mispronounced that. Spanish speakers can't do the voiceless s. 
um, I say a Stephen, you know, not mm-hmm. Stephen. Um, the most common a snake. Um, language. Well, I feel weird. I feel very astupido for saying it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Spanish is just as messed up as English. It's, the rules are fucking weird. Still, English is pretty weird. I mean, yes, yes, it is. How how can you have so many words that sound exactly the same as other words, but are spelled differently and have different meanings? Yeah, lead lead. Spanish fucking do. It's like lead lead. Um, uh, what are other words that do that? Because there's a ton of them. Like like where like, I don't know. It reminds me of Japanese kanji script. Because, mm-hmm. like, each and every single one of those symbols has, like, like oh, this has a downward slant to it, so it means this, and this is an upward slant, so it means something totally different. And then even their pronunciation is like that, where it's like, if you say one thing, like, if I said the word uh, hamster, so... I put the emphasis on ham and hamster. What if I called it hamster? All right. Well, ah. we know that it means the same thing, but it, let's say for the sake of this argument, hamster refers to a kind of ham soup that you stir a right. lot. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's how Japanese is. It's like the the enunciation of the word completely changes its meaning. So it makes it a hell to try to translate. Speaking of Asian scripts, Tom, you should really find out what your tattoo means. I know. <laughs> yeah, I he's, have. He's afraid to know what it means. I am afraid <laughs> to know what it means. You know what it means? It, I'll tell you what it means. It means get a fucking cover-up tattoo. That's what it means. <laughs> there you go. Cover-up abortion. Cover-ups are murder. Don't don't get a cover-up, man. Cover-ups are cheaper than laser. That's that's all. Less painful too. <laughs> Hey, it looks good, you know. That's all. That's all that matters. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, it could just be an expression of personal freedom, in my opinion. I recently had an idea, you know. I don't think uh, I was drinking with um, an old sailor in the block, and I, I, uh, he takes his shirt off. I had never seen him with a shirt off, with a shirt off, and he has this like a bunch of stick and pokes, you know, really horrible ones. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, did you get those with a needle? And he says, yeah. I don't get tattoos anymore because I tried one with a machine and it didn't hurt. Uh, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, you know what? I get that though. As a person with tattoos, I yeah. get that. Cause there is a kind yeah. of satisfaction, like in having sat through however uncomfortable that was. Yeah. Like the one I have around my, my forearm, I had to jack my arm back and rest it on my my elbow and and throw my hand way back and have it resting on a stool and my whole arm went numb and I had to sit like that for like an hour and a half and it was just maybe not that long it was at least 45 minutes and I'm just in agony like I didn't even feel the needle I was just in like god my arm is so uncomfortable I really yep. really want to move it and nothing you can do so there's like a rite of passage kind of thing that goes with tattooing yeah. that a lot of people subscribe to. So when I gave for- myself my uh, a left tattoo, my second left tattoo, the LAMF, like a motherfucker, um, 
I did it to my <laughs> machine and I had never practiced with a, with a machine before, you know, not on my skin or an orange, nor anything. And um, I went far too deep. And then I went on a Coke binge. So, <laughs> uh, and then a few days later, I decided to do five taps of acid, you know, and it was the first time we got wow. real acid. So, Were all these things connected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't sleep at all in those days. You know? And uh, the only reason the artist let me use his machine was because I had given him half an X pill, you know? And, and he was totally unable to continue tattooing me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do one of myself right now. Yeah. So I thought my leg was going to fall off. It was all red. I couldn't walk. I Ooh. couldn't take a shower, you know, I, I, because of the acid, I had forgotten how to eat, how to sleep. <laughs> and uh, there, was, there was an after party going on at my place. <laughs> my cousin had invited all these fucking people. Uh, and there was like, somebody helped me. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and, what is the moral of this story? Don't give yourself a tattoo because well, it'll lead well, to acid or what? <laughs> well, finally, um, no, the moral of the story is don't, don't get a tattoo and do a bunch of drugs. Don't keep doing drugs after you get the tattoo. There you go. You know, finally, um, one, one very good friend, sadly I don't see him anymore, uh, my buddy Gianfranco, uh, decided to have pity on me. And um, uh, he sent his girlfriend to buy me a cream. Uh, it was called silver diacin or something. When I poured um, an, a pan of boiling hot oil over my foot, I used the same cream. And this cream is amazing. You know, it has, it has like circular particles, I think. And when you apply it, you can see your skin regenerating in front of your eyes. So wow. um, that was amazing. And that's it. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, I bet it was. You're like, but I had seen it sober before, so I knew it was real. You're like <laughs> looking at your foot and going, I am becoming one with the universe. Mm. No, I can feel it, its power running through my, my veins. <laughs> <laughs> when I burned my foot, I was sober, sadly. But um, uh, yeah, it really cured my life that time. It was fucking... I could have easily lost my leg very easily because I went so deep with the needle in there. Yeah. Like I felt, I felt my knee bones. Oh. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds terrible. Horrible. Horrible, horrible. But, you know, on ecstasy, uh, the pain felt like pleasure. It's hard to explain. No, I'm sh I can kind of understand that because the way your nervous system gets sort of jacked into different pieces like right. that when you're on, on MDMA or anything like that. And the funniest thing was a different Donkey Kong pill that's got like, um, I think, 300 milligrams of MDMA in it. That's a very high amount. And we had split it. So we each had about 150. And while I was so excited giving myself the two, the artist was just sitting on the corner, you know, smoking weed, saying like, no, 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 leave my machine alone. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so I got a biblical tract in the mail, um, along with a letter. 
personalized letter. Wow. Dear Mr. Thomas. Again? Yes. Dear Tom, as a caring neighbor of yours, I'm involved in writing letters to give important information that I would like to share with you. A sample of this information is contained in the enclosed tract. The work I do is not for commercial benefit and is involved in over 200 lands. Dude really gets along round, I guess. Yeah. I believe strongly that the Bible is from God and that it answers many questions of profound importance, such as, why does God allow suffering and will he ever intervene? How can we trust that the Bible is truly from God? What is God's purpose for the human family concerning the future? Out of genuine interest for my neighbors, I volunteer to help people learn the answers to such questions. You may contact me by means of the above address if you wish. Another avenue for getting answers to your Bible-based questions would be to join our mar us at a marvelous website, jw.com, in over 1,000 languages. To cover the expenses of this site, donations are appreciated, and this is highlighted and under and bold and underlined, but not required. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you were curious so I flipped through the pamphlet and I'm like okay yeah alright it's a typical uh, let's see why we can't, can we really believe what the bible says well it has amazing harmony it's an honest history reliable prophecy so yeah and then I, I'm like alright I need to know about this website so I go to it and of course it's a Jehovah's Witness website so I don't know how I got on their little like mailing list, but maybe I'm difficult to deal with at the door. I, I feel like that's probably what it is. Because when you come to my, when you come to my door, yeah, and when you come persettalizing to my house, I don't play friendly. I'm like, yeah, close the door. <laughs> my mother Just, used to tell every Jehovah's Witness who knock on the door, "Hey, I'm sorry, we're Satanists," or "Hey, I'm sorry, we're Muslims, we're terrorists." Yeah. <laughs> like but like if you like think ask him ask them like uh have you found jesus like no i'm still looking for him but i think he's in my attic i like the, the uh you know um at the institute they always told us nobody in english is called jesus um but there was this kid jesus in my grammar class that everybody called Jesus, including the teachers. Yeah. You know, they just bullied him, calling him Jesus so much. <laughs> he was just known as Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, that boy, but, yeah. and that boy was yeah, Jared he's... Leto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was, that's one of the funniest things I've heard in class, in grammar class, along with um, anybody who uses saint is ignorant. That time I had a fight with that teacher, you know, I told him like, you're calling the entire Southern United States ignorant, you know? And she was like, no, 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 ain't it some, just something that the Beatles say in their music, you know? But anyway, uh, the second time, just so, so <laughs> seriously, you know, nobody in English is called Jesus. Nobody in America or in, or in the UK, you're not gonna find anybody named Jesus. That's just something that Latin Americans do. They name their children Jesus. <laughs> Wasn't Jesus not even his real name? Yeshua. Like, it was Yeshua. It, yeah, that's what I thought. It's Yeshua. Yeah. Yeah, like Jesus uh, is know, a title. The Christ uh, you know, is a Jeff, title. His original, his actual name was Jesus Christ. Wow, what a thing to have your parents drop on you. I'm gonna <laughs> right. Uh, 
Right. I think it was his his household father. I don't think he was in his life, but uh, his mother changed it to Joshua. <laughs> Good for her, I guess. But still, wow, what a heavy last name to have, Christ. Yeah, Tom Christ. Oh, no, I mean that that wasn't the last name. That was uh, oh. Um, Okay, okay, middle name. So Jesus Christ Menendez or whatever. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Still, man, still, to drop that on somebody for their life? Like their whole life? Knowing how life went for Josh, I think maybe play a part. (laughs) Yeah, even the middle name Christ is probably a little much. Yeah. Oh, and in, in Latin America, you will find a lot of men named like Jose Maria. Named what? Jose Maria, you know, Joseph Mary. Jose, okay, okay. Joseph Mary. And another popular one is, um. well, I don't see them anymore. But uh, for example, my aunt, my aunt Gladys, her full name was Gladys Jesus. The Catholic religion seems to be very predominant in terms of Christianity yeah. in South America and in Central America as well. And um, I just wondered why that was. Was that the Inquisition okay. or was it something like missionaries or what? You know what the thing was? Uh, and I recently learned about this. Um, you know, at least speaking for Peru, you know, speaking for Peru, I can't speak for other countries. Um, but well, you have to keep something in mind. I'm not going to talk about Peru right now. I'm going to talk about the Incan Empire. The Incan Empire was possibly the biggest empire in 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 America. Uh, we had like I don't know, I'm bad at geography, but but we had Peru, we had Chile, Bolivia, you know, a whole bunch of countries. And um, when Pizarro gets here, when the Spanish colonizers get here, uh, they were Catholic, yeah. and the Incans, their kings, their emperors, thought mm-hmm. they were gods on earth. You know, they had a lot of gods, you know, the mountains were gods to them. The sun mm-hmm. was a god to them. The sun was the biggest god. And they believed that the sun's sun had come to the earth and and populated the earth. Um, so the real reason we lost the war to them was because we thought we were gods. Uh, Matahualpa, the last Tinker emperor, was... Um, he was defied by, by Pizarro, you know, he was in hiding and uh, he sent one of his emissaries, you know, to ask, hey, how do we do this? You know, maybe we can have a truce or something. And they went to meet each other and Atahualpa thought that the Spanish would see him and, and run away in fear, you know, because he was a god. So his, <laughs> so, his arrogance killed him. Right. It didn't kill him. It just got him um, jailed and his people enslaved, you know. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, so what happened was, for example, we don't know much about the, the Peruvian mummification process because we used to put the mummies over the ground. We didn't bury them. Mm-hmm. And, and when the Catholics saw this, they freaked out, you know, like, how can there be dead people over the ground, you know? So they burned all that. They burned a lot of evidence for religion. And uh, what happened next was... In the Caribbean, they syncretized it more with uh, African religions. You know, that's how Paolo was born, how Buddha was born, all Hmm. of that. But here in Peru, um, in the Andes, 
they united it with their with what was left of their moral codes from back from Incan society, you know? Mm-hmm. So they kind of created their own version of Catholicism, you know? I, 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 I've talked to you about that. Like, um, for me, the best summary of it is... Um, oh, 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 but, but to really answer the question, what it boils down to is when we weren't accepting Catholicism, the Spanish did a really smart move. They took a schizophrenic girl, um, Santa Rosa de Lima, St. Rose of Lima, um, and uh, they said she had stigmata. She's widely suspected to have self-harmed. Um, but they made a Peruvian saint. And then they made a black saint, you know, San Martín de Porres. So by canonizing um, nationals, they gained their trust. That's how it happened. And, well, I can deny it, you know, uh, by now, Catholicism and Christianity are a bigger part of our culture than any pre-Columbine religions were. You know, it's really interesting in the United States, at least, and probably in other parts of the world, too, but definitely in the United States, there is what are called Christians, but... The thing, no, no, listen. No, I meant the quotation marks were obvious. Yeah. Well, what I say when I, what I mean when I say that is that you've got the Episcopalians, the Methodists, the Catholics, the. Oh, yeah, here too. All all these Protestants, Mm. and everyone gets lumped into this Christians thing as if these sects weren't worlds of difference aside from their base beliefs. They are wildly different. And in other countries, the churches, like Ireland, the churches are actively at war with one another. So, but in this country, we've homogenized it down to quote-unquote Christians who, who it's like saying white people, you know? Well, white people, there's a lot of different types of white people. There's European, like, there's French, there's, you know, which... They're sort of all skinned up sometimes. You know, you've got like Belgian and Belgium and, 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 and the Netherlands and Finland and, and England and Ireland and all those nationalities, all those various, you know, genotypes, I guess you could say, all get labeled white. <laughs> It's it, yeah. it, it's a yeah, way like- it's a way of giving them supremacy, though. Giving them dominance because it's like white Christians. Well, we're the majority, you know. Yeah, by design, <laughs> because we skewed the numbers. We played games with statistics, and that's what it all is: lies and statistics. Yeah, there is. Yeah, those sects are wildly different from one another. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like uh, and. Even like an American Catholic and a Peruvian Catholic, they're they're gonna be wildly different people, you know. For example, um, sure. Well, first off, I don't think yeah. you guys are worshiping uh, Buddy Christ. Yeah, you're not. You're not. You're, 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 <laughs> you're not. You're not worshiping the white guy who looks like a hippie from the '60s. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I just. Think way, I think the way, for example, and the second example of the Buddy Christ. Um, in the highlands here, it's it's very common to worship a brown version of Christ. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like they mm-hmm. make a 
uh, they make their own images. There's also um, our version of St. Francis, uh, which is called Taita Pancho. You know, Taita is like a word like saying, comes from Quechua, but it's like saying, I don't know, pops. You know, and, okay. um, and Pancho is like what Tommy is to Thomas, you know, okay. for Francisco. So, um, yeah, they just made this more accessible, friendly saint that they worship. Well, that is the hallmark of Christianity in my experience and in my readings. You know, they all they have classically taken bits and pieces of religion and, and sort of refined them for groups. Like they did that with the pagans. You know, they, they, they went to them and said, like, look, you can keep all your festivals. Just call this God your God. And. You know, that's what ended up happening. And so that's why we put Christmas trees in our, our house in December and, and string them up with lights. That's why we have a Yule log meeting. on the TV on Christmas Day, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was really very surprised to learn that basically the image of Mary that was adopted by the, Oct- by the Russian Orthodox Church comes from an ancient feminine deity that actually boils down to the cult of, of the planet Venus. That doesn't actually or, surprise me at all. Or a particular star, I think. Uh, I got a Googling morning star and the origins of the world. Is it Sirius? Or cause I think I think the dog star is Sirius. Mm. It is a pretty serious star. It's not comedic at all. Not at all. Ha ha! Serious, but um, yeah, I think that's like the North Star, isn't it? Or am I getting those mixed up? Yeah, something like that. I um, I wish I knew the constellations, but uh, yeah, I can think of something funny to talk about. You know, I'm a boring guy. I'm a very boring no, guy. No, no, you um, are not. Not even yeah, close. No, Dude, all the information you just spilled on us was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> thank have, you. Thank you. First, for, I've said this to you before, uh, I think, and I think you've demurred in the past when I have, but you're smarter than me. And I don't, <laughs> I don't say that about a lot of people because He's I never have said a, it to me. You're one I don't of believe the, in measurable intelligence. I, I think that I, you're right. I agree with that. But see, that's a very intelligent thing to say. I'm just saying I, I, maybe intelligence isn't it, but your capacity for knowledge and to learn things and to read things is amazing to me. I like, think anybody has that potential, you know, but I have to admit something. For example, I've tried to study math, maths, and... I just can't get them in my brain, you know, like I could explain a neuroscience text to you with an appropriate dictionary, but I can't fucking do anything with a calculator. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. Math goes right through one ear and yep. out the other yep. for me. I've always been a I've always been a written word kind of guy. Like if I take standardized testing, I would always get like let's say that you had a test where the total amount of points was 1,800. Um, and and one half of it was was learning, was, was about literature and language. I would get 900 points from that. 
Then the other two would be split into like math and like physical understanding, like mechanical understanding, you know, physics, stuff like that. I would get a right. really high score in that. My math would just barely pass. So my like my SAT scores were, were suffered because at a certain point I was like, math no longer makes sense to me. I'm like, I'm supposed to remember these rules, but I don't even remember the context of those rules. That's why I got a calculator. Yeah. And I, I love how my teacher is always like, well, you won't have a calculator when you're in your job. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you mm -hmm. know what? Not only do I have a calculator on my computer as a basic function of the computer, but that same basic function also exists on my phone. So if I'm in a meeting, I can do it there too. I don't need to count on my hands and toes. I have you know what's for me? I, um, uh, when I, uh, uh, when my trucker friend tracked me alone on the road, by the way, he broke his jaw, um, Ooh. climbing on his truck, Ouch. uh, whatever. He's an idiot, you know, Oof. he, he, he was driving a vehicle, but he doesn't know how to, how to handle. But anyway, um, he went on the trip because he was sick of this town. Anyway, um, well, when he first took me along, you know, I was like, Hey, can I help? How can I help you, man? Because, um, I'm leaving off your, of the money you're getting for yourself. And I don't want to feel like a leech. So let me help you with, with, with something. And he's like, okay, you know, let me calculate my expenses so that I can, um, get some extra money. And, um, well, I was trying to calculate exactly how much he had spent and, and making just sums, sums, you know? Mm -hmm. Sounds multiplying a little, and I got the totally wrong result. <laughs> I got the totally wrong result, you know. And she was like, what the hell? You're a smart guy, you know. <laughs> You're a smart guy. You actually don't know this. <laughs> you actually got me this. And then um, he tried to get me to calculate all the miles he'd, drive, he'd driven just by making a simple sum again, and, and I fucked it up. <laughs> so I felt useless, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a thing I knew I. Yeah, it's a thing I wish I really could handle. You know, I never feel more stupid than when I'm trying to give somebody directions, even if it's somewhere I know so well. Oh, I'm me like, too. I'm extremely disoriented. I get so mm -hmm. disoriented and I'm like, make a left. Like, oh, no, no, because it's all in my memory. It's muscle memory at this point. When yep. I'm when I'm when I I turn left because I know it's time to turn left. So when I have to tell someone, I'm like, what fucking what's the name of that road? I didn't learn that road by road signs. I learned it by GPS. I don't care what the road name is, you know. <laughs> so GPS really harmful to memory. It is terrible for memory. I used to yeah. know where people yeah. lived. Now I have no fucking idea where anybody is. Yeah, the only person and. The only, I think the only person that I still use GPS to get to their house is my friend, uh, Lacey and Christian, they, people I play D&D &D with. And that's because they live like an hour away from me. So, and it's like, I can get about 90% of the way there. And then I'm like, all right, I'm lost again. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I used, there. I used to have that problem with your house, Mike. Now I was gonna I, say I was waiting for you to say that you had to use GPS to get to me, and I was like, "Yeah, a couple but, of times, not anymore, but yeah, a couple of times."
I used to walk around Google Maps on all the time and it fucked me up. You know, I, I uh, forgot streets that I knew. And like, thankfully, I never got robbed. But walking around, you know, uh, usually drunk up as fuck with a phone in your hand. I once had something crazy happen to me. I was standing on, for some reason, I was standing on a store wheat. And for some reason, I was looking at my phone in the middle of the, um, the road. And, um, and this car, uh, there were no cars, but this car comes in from the opposite lane. That always fucking happens to me. And he basically runs me over, you know? I felt like a piece of shit to the ground. And, and my phone, you know, this is why I love Samsung phones. My phone uh, had been crushed under the wheel. And, and the case was cracked, you know, uh, the screen was okay, thankfully. But um, I had to get up. And then I see another car coming. So I had to pick up all the parts of my phone in like, what, two, three seconds. And yeah. get the fuck out of there. You know, so I wouldn't get run over again. And I couldn't stand, you know, I had been hit really hard. <laughs> so uh, I was wow. sitting on the sidewalk, just putting my phone back together, and it still worked. It still that's worked. Um, fucking insane. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. But I'm yeah. more surprised that I haven't been robbed walking around. Yeah, like I was going to say, that makes you a pretty hot target when you're walking around with a phone and you're, yeah. you're, you're tripping or stoned or whatever. And like, you're not paying attention. Clearly, you're not paying attention. <laughs> That's a right, perfect, perfect storm right there. I've actually <laughs> never lost a phone and never has phones stolen from me. I um, I told you this story, but I'm gonna tell Mike. You know, um, I I was um doing the secondhand clothes gig. You know, and what this is like is you go at five a.m. You buy bags of clothes of drug addicts and thieves. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe honest people who want to sell their things. Yeah. There's always a little bit of everything. All and, right. um, and all day you go around selling it. You know, there are lots of clothing markets around here. And uh, there are people who restore the, who restore the clothes, um, buy them from you, you know, and sell them. So I was walking from one place to another um, with two bags. I had uh, all the left sides of pairs of shoes on one bag. And all the right sides in the other back. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so my boss had given me that, and I was gonna sell it for like, I don't know, less than one dollar, you know, right away, because they were all old shoes. And uh, normally I don't dress up this much, you know, but I was wearing a kappa hat, I was wearing a reef jacket, um, I had uh, my backpack on, my Adidas backpack, you know, I had all brand name clothes, and, um, <laughs> and I had change in my pockets. And suddenly, I'm walking in a neighborhood that's not so far away from me, but but it's um, I don't know anybody there, you know. And uh, suddenly, I see these people watching me, you know. I look back, I look at everyone straight in the eyes, and kept walking, you know. Anyway, and I even tried to say hi, you know, so they would feel me on a personal level. But um, they didn't say hi back, so uh, I kept walking, and uh, suddenly someone puts me in a chokehold and I see this eight year old kid, like eight, seven year old kid in front of me telling me, mm-hmm. Hey motherfucker, phone. And, and, uh, <laughs> there was another adult behind me, you know, and they're like, give us the phone, give us the phone. We're going to shoot you motherfucker. You know? And, and, uh, one of them 
pulls down my jacket zipper and and I suddenly just scream, you know. Uh, it was funny to me because when I told Tom the story, he told me the first thing I would have done is hit the little kid. And the first thing I did was hit the little kid. <laughs> and um, I used to scream, you know, hey, man, you're stealing. I'm selling things, you know. I'm trying to get by just like you, you know. You're not going to rob me. You know? And I managed to get away from the guy who had my zipper. And um, then he puts his hand in my pocket full of change. And he doesn't take anything, you know. I screamed so fucking loudly and so strongly, you know. But uh, for some reason, they just didn't touch me at all, you know. And then I turned around and I hit one of them in, uh, uh, on the face with a bag of shoes. And I told them, <laughs> hey, keep this, you know. And I gave them one bag. Of only left sides of shoes. <laughs> I was gonna say only only a one legged person would would benefit from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the funny part was I made it to the market. Um, I saw this guy smoking weed, and he was laughing at me. You know, like like telling me, "Hey, why do you even come on down here? Nobody knows you." You know, and I'm like, "Oh no, I'm from such and such." You know, I am from Kayao, You know, and uh, fuck these people. You know. They, they don't let anybody work, you know. It's fine. They can steal, but they should steal from people who aren't here. It's like, yeah, man, you're right. Sorry, you know, I'm going to recommend you. Uh, what's your name? <laughs> so I make it to the second-hand clothes market, and I only had... I was not aware at that moment that there were only right sides of shoes in the pile I kept. <laughs> or, that I <laughs> or that I had given them the, the other single single pair one. <laughs> So, um, so you both I got screwed. Yep. So I tried to sell it to somebody, and he looks at the back, stares up at me, and goes like, "Are you trying to scam me? <laughs> somebody just <laughs> almost robbed you, and you're gonna try to scam me? You know, uh, have some respect for the people." And I'm like, "Oh man, I'm sorry, I didn't know." It was fucking hilarious. But uh, yeah, it was funny. I I have been robbed thrice in my life in Lima which is uh, supposedly a safe city, but never once in Callao, you know, which is like, I don't know, New Orleans. New hmm. Orleans is not a safe city by any stretch of the imagination. Right, that's what I'm saying, you know, Callao is like New Orleans. Lima yeah. is, Lima has been compared to California a lot. Earlier we were talking about dogs, and uh, it, it reminded me of something that the topic shifted, so I didn't get a chance to interject. But basically, I had a basset hound, uh, sweetest dog in the world. Never saw or draw anybody except once to a cop who was in my house while I was – because we had called in because someone broke into our place and took a bunch of stuff. They just broke into our apartment and stole – like – fucking you know vcr and a bunch of stuff and uh <laughs> the hell stills a vcr well this was in like 1999 back in the vhs days yeah yeah, yeah this was in 99 like, yeah but um yeah and and uh my dog barks and growls at this cop and i'm like shut up shut up <laughs> hey dog's gonna give it away you know what tom i just looked at the clock and we are out of time, so that's going to have to be a story for another time. Thanks for listening to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoy giving it to you. 
giving it to you, like, all of the laughs we gave you tonight because of the dog out in the street that uh, sounds like it's right in the apartment with Salvatore. I think I'm going to name him Tralfaz. best of the day. So what was the one uh, you gave your son, like, Mr. Fucking... Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got that one right that here. The best nickname I've heard in my life. I got his nickname right here. I'm not going to stop recording until I'm done with this either. All right, we'll, keep, we this, we'll keep this as a bonus. Yeah. Ferguson, Pom Pom, Fuzzy Bottom, Kitty Kitty, Boom Boom, Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs>